This is Crossing the Line with Robert Stack. And in this podcast, we revisit the careers of retired hurlers and footballers. We get an insight into what made them tick, look at the highs and lows of their career, and relive some of their best moments on the fields. This podcast is sponsored by Dairy and Engineering Services Charleville, steel stockholders and suppliers. Thanks for joining us as we cross the line one more time and relive another great career. This week's guest was a star player for the Hollow senior footballers for 14 years, playing in the 1998 senior football final. He represented Cork footballers at under 21 and junior level, winning Junior Football Munster and All-Ireland titles in 2007. He was synonymous with Cantorc GA, a player renowned for his fitness, determination and skill. He played 16 seasons with Cantorc. He won two Dahala Junior A Hurling Championships and two Dahala Junior A Football Championships before winning a county junior football title with Cantorc. He left for uh, Indianapolis the following year and has won hurling and football championships in the States and is still playing his trade over there. I am delighted to welcome our first overseas guest to episode six of Crossing the Line, Dave Reardon from Cantor. Dave, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rob. Very happy to be here. So, Dave, I suppose just to get started, and I suppose we, we must look at the, 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 the club there, Cantor. Um, you would have played underage with Newmarket, but you, you ended up at Cantorca at 16, 17 years of age. Um, and you were joining a club there, I suppose, that was in the middle of what could only be considered a massive famine for, a, for, a, for the, the largest town in the division. Uh, at that point, over 30 years uh, since they had won a junior A hurling championship and uh, over 30 years since they had won a football championship. Do you recall that being spoken about in Cantork at the time, the fact that there was a famine in the hurling and the football? They were getting to the odd final here and there, but not winning them. Yeah, I think it was, it was ever present. I mean, like, to be honest, if, if that was the sales pitch when I was talking to my buddies in Kentork uh, at the time, I probably wouldn't have moved. But, but, you know, that wasn't part of my motivation at all to move. I wasn't really aware of it. It was always being talked about as much as you could kind of feel it, uh, I would say, especially in the football. Because when I arrived uh, at that time, you know, they were strong in football. Football was very much the focus in the club. Um, hurling was good too, but you could feel there was a lot more energy, a lot more emphasis put into football. Um, and I think that, that those, those famines that had created a lot of pressure because every year you were going out playing a championship and you could feel this intense kind of, a, you know, this, this has to be the year, you know, every game is a big game. We have a lot to lose. Um, and actually, I think that created a kind of an environment where it became even more challenging because there was heaps of pressure on the players and heaps of pressure on the team. Uh, and that's positive in some ways, but I also think it probably created some some aversion to real. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it was ever present. And it was, um, it was the interesting thing though, since, since those barriers were broken down in 2002 and 2008, the success of Ken Turk uh, has been unbelievable there. I mean, they've reached unprecedented heights in hurling for a, for a division, a, a club from the hollow. And their footballers are, are up to the Premier Intermediate football grade there and very, very competitive there. Like so, it very much looks from the outside looking in that once those, once those famines were ended, 
it was a monkey off the back and uh, like the club has gone on to unbelievable things. I mean, unprecedented levels um, since then. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think a combination of things probably helped that. Uh, I left and they got very, very good apparently because they started winning all around them. So that's one thing. But, but to be fair, right, the, the, making that breakthrough, but also just this, you know, every so often uh, we just happened upon that and we had this extraordinary bunch of younger players coming through. Uh, you know, extraordinary talents in hurling and in football. Uh, the Anthony Nashes, the Aidan Welshes, the, the McLaughlins, all those guys started to come through at just the right time when you had you had relieved the pressure of, of the famines um, uh, and you were starting to play at a higher level because you know getting to the high level is, is, is a challenge but once you're there you can you know that in itself helps you to be a better team and helps to maximize the potential of the players. So I think it was we were lucky we, we got to the right place at the right time and we had the right players coming through. And I think that's what's really uh, accelerated Kentork's growth and development. I think a lot of the players they have today would have fit in perfectly back in the day when we were back playing junior A hurling and junior A football. And there's a couple of special players that we didn't have. But it's that, that experience uh, at playing at the higher level that really does bring you on as a player bring, and develops you and makes you, makes you a much stronger team overall. So, yeah, no, it's super impressive. I'm very, I'm, I'm very happy. I say I was joking at the start that they got better when I left. And, uh, you know, but I wouldn't have been playing with them if I stayed, I'm sure. But it's, uh, it's amazing to me and I'm very happy when I watch it from, from a distance how, how well they've done. It's been extraordinary. Yes, uh, unbelievable stuff. And I suppose we'll come back to the, the your Cantork story there in a while. Um, but I suppose you started there in 1980, Cantork, and um, the the club the club football was kind of very strong at the time, as you mentioned. But I want to talk about your years with the, the Hollow Footballers um, because in 1998, there, like you were very young there, and um, you became a starter there with the, the Hollow Football team there in what was a brilliant journey in 1998 there to get to a county final. Uh, how did your introduction to the Dahala panel come about? Ooh, uh, I, I was lucky because I think the previous year, obviously in '97, we had gotten to a Dahala final and um, we we lost the Kish game in a replay. But you know, again, the experience of that that year's championship had given me some uh, a bit of exposure, I suppose. And um, and I remember, I think at the time. There was a couple of other Kentrock players on the panel, Jerome Welch uh, and Kieran Fitz, I think, were both on the panel. And uh, so, so they, you know, they, they got told to bring me along some night, and I'm, I'm pretty sure bringing me along meant going to the Island Wood on a Saturday morning was probably the first session because at the time, John Finton Daly, that was that was how you started training, was you ran around the Island Wood for about three months, um, twice a week, Wednesday night and Saturday. Um, which was was mind blowing for me because, like the year before, I had been playing championship games against. Um, Rockchapel and Drum Tariff and Kishkeim and then literally there's a Saturday morning and you're standing around with these guys and you're kind of you know uh, getting ready to run a few miles uh, so I, I was I was I'd say I was overwhelmed and I was in awe of most of them um, and that's how it started off and it was it was tough but it was challenging and it gave me a good chance to kind of you know improve but I, it wasn't all it wasn't uh, it wasn't easy I mean like I can still remember uh, I had to think about this a little bit, but I think we played Ahada in the first round in Ballyhooley. That's right. And I can remember the, the panel was about, it was about 32 or 33 in the panel. It was a big panel because that's how we always started. And maybe it got whittled down a little bit, but to be fair, they brought everyone along who was training. But there wasn't 32 or 33 jerseys. So there was four or five of us on the sideline wearing our tracksuit top, but there was no, we had no jersey. And I can still remember somebody from Kentork pointing out to me after the game, I see you didn't have a jersey. Uh, and, you know, that's fine. I, it, it was pretty clear that you weren't close to the starting 15 or probably close to being called on. 
And at the time, that was entirely appropriate. I, I, I remember I was still trying to figure out how to play senior football. And they'd gotten a couple of lessons and challenge games that I still remember. Um, so it, it, that's how it started. And I was very happy to be watching and be involved and learning from, from the really great players. And it just as the year, as the year went on, I, I, got, I got lucky a couple of times and, uh, and things started to click. And uh, yeah, it kind of culminated in my first game, which was, I think, against Nemo in the semi-final. Um, uh, and again, a combination of just good luck uh, and another an injury actually to another player. I think Dermot got injured, so my mind. Um, so I kind of found out not long before the game, I found out that I was going to be playing. And I think I landed in against Joe Kavanagh, which was again something that was fairly, you know, for 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 young fellow playing his first game, it was it was a little bit, uh, a little bit of anxiety, shall I say? But but it was a it, you know the team was unbelievable. That team, when I look back on it, the, the experience and uh, the standard of play was phenomenal. You had you know Jerem Welsh and Aidan Keane and Marvis Anglund. Denny quality, you know, you extraordinary players on the field. Um, and they, one thing on just that day, there, uh, which was interesting, it was a pattern throughout your career, was a bit of versatility. Like in 1997, you were midfield with Kieran Fitz in the first final, I think, against Kish game, and you started the second one centre forward. And in the following year, you were playing in a, a county final corner back. Um, so, they, like, you, you, you got into, you were going to get into the team somehow at, at, at that point. But was it the Nemo Rangers the first game, or was it the replay that you you started? Uh, I started the first game uh, because I can remember Dermot was injured, and I, I and I got very lucky. Like I, Joe Kevin has scored two or three points to me and danced around me a few times, and it was you know it was I, I did okay considering. But uh, the second game, I, I was fully expecting to be on the bench again because Dermot recovered. But then Nile Kelleher got injured, um, so again just like pure pure luck, and I was on the other side, or um, and I ended up on him again. And the second day, we had a better day. It was a very close game now, an incredible match. And uh, I think Dan Sullivan stuck over a point at the end to just, just pip them at the post. But um, that second day uh, was probably better for me. I think I was a little more settled, a little more composed. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a great feeling. But like th- those games in McCroom were, were extraordinary events. McCroom was such a small field and there's such a huge crowd there. It, was like being, it felt like being in an All-Ireland final at the time, but... Of course, it wasn't, but that, yeah, that was. I, I think I played both of those ones, and then of course we had we had the, the county final against Bantry shortly thereafter, and that was a that was another good experience, not a good day, um, but but you know we were beaten by a team that just hit form, um, and may, ne- may never have played like it uh, afterwards. I would say, and so yeah. we were clearly beaten. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I see the, the semi final there, one nine to twelve against Nemo, and then the replay one nine to one eight, so two classic games, and then obviously seventeen points Bantry Blues on the day, like to, to hollow two six. But you mentioned there, you you playing there with a lot of big names, and it was Jory Pato there. He was in goals. Jerome there was was uh, full back, I think, alongside you. Um, you still you had Morris England, Danny Quality. These were lads that were all there in nineteen ninety one, like so. What what was it like going into that dressing room? I mean, you were talking about the household names here, like, and um, you know, you're the young fellow, and you haven't really, maybe a lot of them mightn't even know too much about you, you know. Yeah, I, I, early on in the year, yeah, you'd be kind of like overwhelmed, and you'd be in awe, and you'd be just doing the best you can to keep up with them, and you know, watching them. But to be fair to those guys, they, they were they were super footballers, but they were super human beings. Uh, like they, every one of them now would have supported you and brought you along and helped you out and. You know, the thing about Duello, and I know everybody's sick of hearing it said, but it was more like a club team. 
and uh, any rivalry that existed between clubs outside of it disappeared. Uh, you know, you'd be thumping each other at training and you'd be doing the best you can to outdo the guy, but no more than you would be if he was a, if he was a club mate from home. But off the field, in the dressing room, on the field, you know, quality would joke with you. He he would he would cajole you. He would bring you along. They were all they all treated you like you were you were you know one of the team, um, and they were very good about that. Jerry Pat was extraordinary. Like when you had a goalkeeper behind you, like Jerry Pat, who was you know this great combination of composure and passion at the same time. I don't know how he does it. Um, you know, he he, he could kind of he he could calm you down and he could excite you and he could know when to do which to do with them. And with a guy like him behind you calling the shots, you had a lot of confidence that when he said to go, you could go. You didn't have to think. You didn't have to look. You just just go. Um, so having those names around you and guys with that level of experience who you knew were, had played and done this before, that, that, was a good, that was a good cushion. Yeah, and obviously disappointing it didn't work out in 98 and um, that's just the way it was. But that was kind of you, you kick-started a career there where you spent 14 years playing with the division. Um, kind of unbroken service really and I suppose you it didn't it didn't happen that, that he got back to a final day of like you know um there was I suppose the two that stand out are the, the semi-final in 2006 um against Nemo Rangers um and in 2007 against Island Rovers but I suppose looking at 2006 first of all you drew 10 points to 1-7 with Nemo and then you came on and you played them in the replay and you lost 12 points to 1-7. And I think anybody that was playing on that Dahada team still talks about that day was one that you feel was probably one that you left behind. Yeah, uh, I, 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 my years aren't great now, but I, I think it must have been that Nemo game because it was definitely Nemo Rangers. But we played him in Park Irene one night and uh, like uh, my abiding memory was that we... We just dominated them at the start. We we completely outclassed them from a football perspective, and on the scoreboard. And uh, but as as Nemo always do, they you know they kept their cool and they managed to sneak a couple of softish goals. Um, and and that one for me uh, was the closest we really came to to kind of um, uh, closing the deal in the semi final. And then I I have no doubt that if you if we beat Nemo Rangers. You know that, that that was that was the that was the bulk of the work done. That whoever you had in the final, you were going to give a good account to yourself for. And they were disappointing. Um, I think uh, maybe we lacked something. Maybe we lacked a couple of special players. Maybe we lacked a couple something in our preparation. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, I I I I do have I do I'm disappointed that I don't actually have a single medal to show for the, the 13 or 14 years or whatever it was. But if I'm quite honest, I I I wouldn't trade a single hour of it. And there was literally thousands of hours now spent on on training fields and playing fields and driving up to matches and training and on Nobby Anglin's bench uh, getting getting the whatever hammered out of you. I, I wouldn't trade it for I wouldn't trade it for anything, despite the fact that I had nothing literally no middle to show for it. It was, it was a it was an extraordinary positive and, and fun experience. It was like I know you, you lost their title in Rovers, which was a, a huge shock in 07, and you'd Nemo again in 08. But like, and yeah. it, it just didn't happen. But I suppose the one thing you were part of a very special team in 1998. But that team around 06, 07, 08 was an extremely consistent Dahlo team, and it was a new team, a completely different setup to the 98 setup. You were you were one of the more senior players at that stage. But um, I think you know talking to Pat Gear there a few weeks ago, like. You had, a, you had a great bond. Yeah, it, it, it definitely. I was lucky that I kind of I was I got 
I was kind of tacked on at the end of the, the, the great generation, let's call them, the guys who had won the, the, the county final in the, in the two counties in the early 90s. Uh, and, and as they, we were kind of transitioning, I think, from that 98 team through to the next team, which didn't emerge till probably five or six years later. Um, and if you ask me honestly, the, the, the piece in the middle was probably not the best period. I think we were genuinely transitioning. So we were trying to figure out what we should be like, who we should have playing for us. And I think it took those five or six years to establish the, the, new, the, new, the new shape of the team. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a completely new team, but it was, it, there, was a, there was a ton of talent there as well. And like, it, 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 the, even football in Duhallow had been transitioning, right? Because you, we, in 98, I don't think there was a single intermediate team left. I think they'd all come back down. So you had this extraordinarily um, competitive division. Um, and, but, but then you had, you know, teams start to go up intermediate, you market English game, and other teams started to go up and tournament up and hurling. And, and the ability to kind of control fixtures and manage the Duhallow team got much more difficult. And that was one advantage that I think that John Finton always had back in the day was he effectively controlled the fixtures list uh, through the Hello board because everyone was playing within Duhallow. So, so there was no competition for uh, Saturdays and Wednesdays when training was scheduled. Nobody was off playing a match with their team. Uh, there, there, there was very clear lines drawn. And uh, I think that's made it much more challenging in the subsequent years. But uh, yeah, the, we had some success, I would say, from 2006 onwards. I, I think, to be honest, though, like the... Watching the final in 2012 um, and watching the progress since then, I think they've taken it on another notch. And I, I do think they've come very close and hopefully we'll, we'll close the deal uh, some, sometime very soon. But no, that, that team is, um, it's, it's, it's a very different looking team than, than, we had, than there was there in 1998. But I think there's a lot of fantastic talent there. Um, I would call out, like you have to say, Dunica, for example, now as, a, as another guy who was just, wasn't there in 98, he's a little bit younger than me. But uh, he's been an exceptional leader, I think, in that whole team from you know the early two thousands on. Um, and uh, I think he's he's a guy now. I'd say that is if of all the people who haven't got a Duhalla medal in their pocket, who are a county medal in their pocket, who, who should have one. Um, he, he's a guy I think is uh, uh, needs to get one before he before he hangs up his boots. Yeah, I'd say there's no doubt about that. Everybody would feel that like he's been an unbelievable servant and. Um, but it was like one thing myself and Jerry Paff were just talking about was the fact that. From 1988 on, it became fashionable to play with the division, and like there's been unbelievable teams since that success, you know. And like where I think the whole division is very unique. There, uh, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen consistently, whereas it does in in in, in the hollow. So, like I suppose, did you look forward to it every year, Dave? Was it something you just you couldn't wait to get involved in again, like you know? Yeah, it, it was like it, it was. Um... Yeah, I was obsessed, if I'm being honest with you now, generally speaking with football uh, and a little bit more hurling, I was absolutely obsessed and I, was, I couldn't wait for training to start. I kind of enjoyed training, even the running around the island wood, which most guys would say was, you know, there wasn't a lot to be enjoyed. I enjoyed being out there. I enjoyed being out there with people and challenging myself and trying to do better. Um, uh, and, and to be honest, we have to be a little bit obsessed because driving down to the back of security on a Saturday morning to play a challenge game against somebody um, uh, is not how most people would want to spend their Saturdays. So you have to be a little bit, um, you know, uh, as I said, obsessed with it to, to, to really to really do it for as long as I did and to enjoy it. Um, but no, it, it was thrilling. Every year it was thrilling to kind of start up again and to challenge yourself. And every year there was new guys coming on that were better and better. And you had to get better and better if you wanted to kind of retain your place in the team. Um, and I would say, like from a coaching perspective, you know, we had we turned over a few different coaches at the senior championship or the senior team, and um, and every one of them brought something, something different and something new. Um, 
And that probably was one of the better experiences, I'd say, that you have people who come in and think completely different and they take you in a different direction um, and, and, and you open your mind to how, how else you can play football, how else you can approach football. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, was, uh, I was obsessed. I would have played as long as I could have played, but like, I probably I was at the end of my, my road, I'd say, from a, my, my body wasn't, wasn't, I wasn't able anymore. So I was kind of, I bowed out at the right time, but, but no, I, I'd be playing today if I was able. Yeah, and I suppose like that's that kind of shine through there all the time, Dave. Which your it was your calling an obsession there, like but like you wanted to learn there, and it was you were kind of once you started there in ninety six, ninety seven, you kind of got thrown into the deep end with the division. But at the same time, there in nineteen ninety nine, you were part of Park Under twenty one football setup. So like you were learning in the division, and then you were part of this setup. And I suppose I'm just looking there that Munster final. Um, Kerry B. Cork won, won 10 to 7 points but like you'd names here now that went on like Graham Canty uh, Wayne Sherlock was the hurler was you'd Kieran O'Connor like John Mis- Miskala um, Alan O'Connor Nicholas Murphy um, Brendan Jorah Sullivan Philip Clifford uh, Murray Fiona and Murray there like Jesus I mean you did you, that was a good one for team in Cork like, but you didn't um, you didn't get, get the better of that Kerry team but what do you remember about that? That well, it was number one. Anyway. What do you remember about them teammates? Uh, that, like that was my very first experience. I would say um, with a, with a Cork team, um, you know. And actually, uh, I probably was had a, had the wrong impression of what it was like to play outside your club when I went or when I went playing with you. Hello, because that's not really how it is when you go and you play with. I think a, you know a college team or a or a county team. It doesn't feel like that. So really. I would say the first when I went, you know, training with Cochrane Twenty Ones, that was my first experience outside of a club setup. That's how it felt, and it's different, right? You you kind of realise very quickly that you know you have to you have to look after yourself a little bit. You have to be a little bit selfish. You have to make sure you take your opportunities. Um, you click with certain guys, and there's other guys you won't click with, and you just have to get on with that, and you have to play with them, and maybe over time you kind of build a bond. But under twenty one, it's a different team, kind of every year, so you don't have that opportunity. Uh, an interesting bunch of characters. Uh, like, you know, a lot of them were superb footballers um, and, I, in my view, had, had good careers, but sharp careers, uh, and could have extended, if they were, you know, if they were in a different time or had, you know, done different things, they could have extended their careers much longer. Um, and you had then, you had people who, you know, uh, legends like Graham Kenty um, uh, and, and Wayne Sherlock and Hurling. Uh, Kieran O'Connor played for Cork quite a bit. You've done a Wiseman, I think, was centre-back. Um, Nicholas, uh, all those guys were extraordinary. But, you know, it's interesting. Like, uh, if you take a look at the Kerry team, who at the time, we didn't know anything about them, really. But the Kerry team on the day that beat them had the two Canellis, Noel and Tighe. Uh, I'm pretty sure Paul Galvin was playing with them. Um, Tommy Griffin was midfield. I think Tom Sullivan was playing with them. Like, it was a team that you, you go through it now and you say, yeah, most of those guys played senior for Kerry afterwards. So, uh, they beat... They beat the Cochrane Twenty One team on that day, and that was a very good Cochrane Twenty One team. But that was an extraordinary bunch of Kerry players as well. But what I, my experience was good. I mean, I learned a lot from it. Um, um, but I, what I learned most was this is what it's like playing outside of a club. That was my first time. And, um, just in the, in the management management setup that time there, um, Dave. Who like who brought you in there to the fold? Like, and how were you spotted? And who who was looking after you? I, I, you know. I, not to criticise, no. Bob Honahan was the, I think, was was the manager. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the selectors. I can't exactly. 
it was luck for me, right? Again, all of this, the same reason I got the opportunity to Hallow is the same reason I got an opportunity with Cork is the year before I had been playing in a county senior football championship final. And I'm sure before that, they didn't, they'd never heard my name before. And that provides a certain profile and gives you a certain level of opportunity. Um, and then there's also an expectation from them that they look around the whole county and they're not just focusing necessarily on the guys they know from minor and the guys from the, the senior clubs. Um, so I was fortunate. Um, and probably, you know, um, they had a shortage of cornerbacks. They had, they had Kieran, obviously, and I think Mark Prendergast from, from the Pierce, who was an excellent player, fantastic hurler as well. Um, and I think they were, there wasn't a lot of other natural cornerbacks there. So they probably said, well, we need at least some fellow who can back him up and this fellow seems to be able to play there if we get stuck. So... Uh, it, it, it was it was it was good. It was fun. Um, I, I used a lot of what I learned there in when I, in my time with the Cork Juniors later on. I think because, uh, like I said, I was I was a bit naive going into it, um, and I, if I had been a bit more aware of, of of how you approach those things, that maybe I could have done a bit better. But I, there's no shame in being a sub in that team. If you ask me, and I'd be very happy to be a sub in that team today. Absolutely, like a great a great lineup in fairness. And uh, I suppose one thing there, Dave, you were a Kentork man there. No, that was on a Cork panel, like and. I mean, most people would say today, oh, that's normal, you know, but it wasn't normal at the time. Um, there was in Kentork fellas uh, on, on every panel, but like it kind of opened the gates a small bit there. I wonder, and I know you're not going to say it now bluntly, like, but there's young fellas in Kentork at that stage you now, um, and they're all, you're talking the McLaughlins, and you're talking Aidan Walsh, and you're talking um, Nash, and I mean, there's a lot of other players there, like Darren Brown there, I mean, um, there's a lot of fellas who've represented Cartmel from Kentork in the last 15 years in particular. You kind of were the first one there that kind of uh, opened the door a small bit, like, you know. Did you feel that when you went back to the club, when you went back to the club, was it something you said, Jesus, you could do this, you know, or or what, what, what would you say? Um, I, 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 don't think I opened the door. I right? like I, and and you know there was other fellas. Jerm uh, had played a, a bit of Cork Junior, and there'd been other fellas who tipped around. I think you know as well. So I, I wasn't like a, a pioneer. Um, it was unusual. I will say at the time when I was playing with Kentuck, there was a fairly slow or low flow of players into the, the the kind of adult setup. I was the only person from my um from my age group that kind of graduated and played junior regularly afterwards. And I think maybe Patrick Hearns was the only one from the year the year before me. So there was it was a very slow trickle of players through. So that didn't help, right? Um, and I, I I I genuinely think that the as I said, you get lucky and you get this these kind of waves of talent occasionally. And those guys came along at the right time. And I'll be I'll be honest, I, they didn't need inspiration. They're all super. They're superstars, and they're they're very very confident. I think which is probably a result of the success they've had. Um, but no, no, I, I just I didn't open any door for anyone. I was happy to be I was happy to be there, and I think I might have got a tracksuit top or something out of it. I think I'm not sure. I probably still have it. But um, no, no, I, I was I was uh, I it was I was a bit of a novelty probably. All right, in town at the time. But um, you know, you know, in those days, if you don't really play it in, then you're not really you didn't really you weren't really part of it. So and and I I, I recognise that too. But it was nice to be involved, and it was nice to be it was nice to say to get something out of it. And it was, um, you know, moving on then from the under 21 there, you you played, you represented the Cork Juniors there 2006, 2007 and 2010. Um, 2006, you lost by a point to Kerry in behind an Austin Stack Park, 12 points to 1-8. Um, very good representation from the hollow there again, like, you know, um, Pat Gayer was in one corner, you were in the other corner, Jerry Healy, Belly Desmond, Dobb was centre-back there from the market, um, Billy Dini, he was there. Um 
did you know your first year there? That was your first year with the Cork Juniors. Um, obviously, the Dahalo thing was being recognised, but um, what what was that a big thing for you to make that team? Like, was it something you targeted? Uh, I, I, it, it, probably yes, I would say. I mean, I had I had uh, I had never got an opportunity before with them, and I had probably been playing for a while at the division level, and like the divisions are where you pick your Cork Junior team from normally. So. We had been moderately successful. Uh, I, I had, if I had got the opportunity earlier, I would have grasped it. But I think I learned from my under twenty one experience that you, you know, you don't, um, you don't wait for the the, play, the guys around you to help you out and to and to and, and to identify you. You have to put yourself forward. So I was probably much more um, uh, like aware of that and much more aggressive when I when I got involved with them first and tried to push myself into onto the panel first. And then I was lucky to be involved in the team. The cartooners is unusual, of course, because it kind of cycles. You know, every second year or every year they win it. The year after, you you're not allowed to use those players. So I, I don't know. I think they probably won the year before, so they had to go out and look for a completely fresh batch, and that always creates an opportunity then because you know you're you're kind of starting with a clean slate. So I think we all knew that, and we all tried to make the most of it um, that year. So there was a, there was great representation from Duhallo. You missed actually, by the way, I'm pretty sure you can check this now. I'm pretty sure you missed one Duhallo player because he was playing for Kerry at the time. Uh, I believe Niall Fleming was going forward for Kerry, and I'm not, he might even have been marking Jerry Healy if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, because that was that was definitely a, a, a memorable point. But yeah, that was an interesting game back in Aston Stacks. There was a photograph of the bridge in Lesbon that time, I think, if I, if there were two different jerseys on in that. But, um, <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Uh, but you had a better year in 2007 then, and um, you came on, and you mentioned there, like, um, you know, Dunna Wiseman was on that team now, so we were familiar with you, Dunna Wiseman. Paddy Kassan was this kind of standout name there that went on to the Cork seniors, you know, um, Alan O'Connor was there. Um, Fikra Lynch like so you beat Clare in the Munster final 12 points to 11 very very tight game and you went on then you beat Wexford in the All-Ireland final won 14 to 3-2 so it must have been a mighty personal goal there to have uh, won a Munster and an All-Ireland medal with Cork like a huge achievement yeah for me fantastic I mean honestly just even playing for Cork was something that was huge for me um, and that, that was something that if you asked me when I was when I was 17 or 18 I, I wouldn't have even thought it was an option at, at any point so Getting to that point was it was a thrill. Um, finding myself on a team that actually had a chance of winning something was 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 even better. And I think we we had an extraordinary team. You mentioned a few of them there, now that graduated on and played with the seniors, or uh, you know, so we were we were very very lucky. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good experience. Like going a whole season with a team like that, and you do get to know Phyllis better. And the guys on that team now, I would say, probably had a, a better relationship with overall than than the guys on the under twenty one team. Um, you know, there was a little bit more cohesion. Uh, there was also very strong, you know, to hello contingent as well there, which which didn't hurt. Um, uh, so you knew you knew a lot of the guys there. But no, that was a that was a good experience. It was Massey Barrett would have been, I think, our coach at the time, and Massey was a good old man for you know, uh, cajoling and bringing you on. And then we had Niall Keller, obviously from Mill Street, was a selector with the team. So Niall was kind of a, a it was our connection into the management structure, and was always good at kind of giving us advice on. You know what we needed to do and and how we needed to approach things. So, yeah, we we were we were well supported in that setup. But it was uh, it was a phenomenal. It was great. It was a it was a great feeling uh, back in um, Waterford, in Fairfield. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Don Don Carvin. And um, you came on in in 2010 again. You and you played um in a Munster Junior final. You lost to Kerry one twelve to nine there. Um, again, a good the hollow representation, a different representation. Sean Murphy, lawyer, Bart Daly. Um, like a very different team altogether. Uh, do you remember that year? Like that, that was your last year with the Cork Juniors. Yeah, it was, it was actually f- 
not a funny year, but like, uh, so again, that cycle, when we won in seven, uh, we couldn't play in eight. Um, and then in 2009, I think there was another very good team again. But I actually broke my ankle, I remember, in the first, um, in the first month or two of 2009. I can still remember up in Cantor Curling Field, Johnny Murphy from, uh, uh, gave me a nudge and my, my ankle went one way and my, my, the rest of me went the other way. Um, so I wasn't able to play with them. And I think John McLaughlin might have actually made the team that year. But anyway, I, I believe they won, and we had again we started from scratch in two thousand and ten, so you had a different a different setup, and um, that was uh, yeah we, we got to play in front of uh, we got to play in, before Park and Kerry I think back in back in Killarney if I remember, and it wasn't a bad game, but yeah we we were beaten by a better team on the day I would say, um, that was uh, that was uh, another good experience, but like I will say um, it, you, when you don't go like a full year with a group, it's it's not, it's hard to build the, the level of cohesion and the kind of relationship so. Um, outside the Johalla fellas, I probably wouldn't have been, um, you know, wouldn't have been very close to anybody else. Um, but I, I, I was captain that year, actually, I think, because uh, well, at least I can remember saying something to the dressing room afterwards. Um, so maybe that's what it was. But uh, it, it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a disappointment. Uh, but I kind of knew, to be honest, at that stage, that uh, you know, it, it, this was my opportunity to, to kind of step away, and not, and probably there was a much younger crop coming up. I was old at that stage, uh, and it was, it was being used more for. Development of younger players, which is a good use for it. So uh, that was my last. Uh, that was my last hurrah in a cork jersey, and I was I was fine with that. I got more of it than I, I probably ever expected. So. Yes, and um, I suppose Dave, like a lot of people would say, they are like you know the, the the cork senior setup. Like, did they ever come calling? Like, or was it something that you felt you know you could have got a bit, maybe a shot at it? And you've spoken all about getting a bit of look, and you need a break for these things. But were you ever close to getting this, getting on that panel? Like. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I trained with them a few times. The occasionally they'd have an old game and they'd need a few extra players and you'd get drafted in for that. And, you know, you do, you think you do okay. Um, I, I think, um, if I was being honest, uh, like definitely the first half of my career when I was probably able, I, I lacked the confidence um, to really grab the opportunity. And then by the time I realized that, that maybe maybe you would have been good enough, I was probably getting on the wrong side of it and, you know, maybe wasn't as competitive anymore as I would have been able to uh, able to be when I was younger. Um, so I, I, I do feel like that that's something when you come from a, like smaller clubs or from the, co the corners of the county, you know, you, you, you don't have this natural kind of confidence and swagger that you get with the city clubs. Like if, you, if you're from Nemo Rangers, uh, you, you kind of expect to get a, a run the clock sometime. It doesn't really matter how good you are. You're going to get a run at some stage. Yes. Um, uh, you know, and so it's kind of, you, you're not, you're not, you know, you're not intimidated when that comes about. You don't, um, you know, you don't, you don't shy away from it. I think, uh, you know, at the, I, I, I didn't, I never expected it when I was younger. Um, could I have gotten an opportunity? Maybe. Would I have taken advantage of it? I don't know. Um, but it, it would have been, yeah, it would have been a dream come true for me. But again, I, I don't think I had the confidence, to be honest, to, to, to expect it. Um, so I, I, I did the best I could with what I had and I enjoyed every bit of that. So I was, I was fine. Yeah, and you, know, you did you did well. You did well out of the whole thing there, like you know. Um, I suppose one thing there just and it goes back to that point that you had served the your if you went to college your apprenticeship your first four or five years of your career were action packed. And there's one team there that I didn't mention, but you you played you played Sigerson there with with UL with the below in um in Limerick. Um, would you say again you're dealing with a completely different setup and a completely different group of players? Like, were you soaking all this in like at that age and saying, "Jesus, I can take this back to Kentucky"? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know, the, thing, the thing that strikes you, and again, this will probably go back to the fact that you know you're coming from a small club and you haven't, uh, you know, you haven't won a lot. Um, uh, you start to realise that all these other good players that you know are good players, they're only, you know, they're you're, they're not that different, and there's not a lot of a gap between what you're doing and what they're doing. Um, and that if you can, if you can get to that level, and if you can play at that level. You, you know, you could be competitive. Um, so I think that was a big mental barrier for me personally. Um, and I think that's something that obviously the club in Kentrock has overcome because they've, you know, they, they, they've had such tremendous success. But yeah, you, 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 you kind of need to, you, you need to realise very quickly that the, the, again, the guys born uh, up in Nemo Rangers and everywhere else are, are, they have the same starting equipment you have. Um, and there's very little difference really at the end of the day between those players and the players you get everywhere else. And, yeah. and taking the opportunity to kind of, um, uh, you know, be confident and, and maximise that and, and take a risk. That's something I think I learned from, from, from going with the college. We didn't have a great year, by the way. I think we got beaten in the first round. Um, but we had, a, we, had a, we had a good team, so it was disappointing. We had, we had a few guys who were playing senior at the time with, um, with Kerry and, and we didn't necessarily translate that into performance. But, but something, something, again, to learn from. Very good. And it was like... Brilliant service there to the division and brilliant service to Cork and you know uh, it was nice to get the Munster the All Ireland medal there um, and it was I'm going to go back to the club now because um, the the interesting thing about your your hurling career it was in particular um, he can talk history in hurling like I mean they did that historic five in a row team 1965 to 1969 and kind of Don Fitzgerald there and Johnny Mahoney kind of who would be Legends around Cantork and Dini Keneally was the captain of that team. You know, they won their five divisional titles and captain off one a county then in '69. Huge thing for the club. But then they 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 didn't make a fight. They made a fight in 1987 again against Lismore. Lismore beat them five twelve to four eleven. So 2002, Cantork made another final. Like this massive gap in the history for 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 such a big club. You know, um, and. I'm reading John Joe Grossman's notes of the 2002 the Hall of Final. He makes an interesting point. He said, nobody expected Mealing and Kentork to be in the final. Mealing are, are in transition and Kentork are focusing on, are supposed to be focusing on football. So, I don't know what happened. The transitioning Mealing team were, were um, in one side of the field and this Kentork team that supposedly was a football team were after getting into the hurling final in 2002. Was, was that a kind of a simplistic way that Jandra Russell wrote it, wrote it down? Or was that exactly what it was? First of all, I'd love to know where you got Jandra Russell's notes from 2002 from, but that's, a, that's another story. But <laughs> no, he, he's spot on. Like, they should, someone should make a movie about the 2002 Duhalla Hurling Championship because, you know, it's, it's, no one would believe it for a start. It was almost exactly the opposite experience uh, from football. Uh, because, again, my memory now may not be perfect, but I'm pretty sure we didn't win a single league game in 2002 in Hurling. In fact, I'm pretty sure we lost all of them. Maybe we had a draw or something, but I don't think we won a single league game. And I, actually, I'm not sure we won any league game in 2003 either. Um, so it, it, saying we were focusing on the football, it's just a nice way of saying we weren't focused on Hurling at all. Um, but but there, was some, there was some characters now that were like, uh, really pulling on it. There was still a very strong Hurling contingent in the town. Um, and you were pulling, obviously, a lot of players to sit to, to both teams. But, you know, guys like Danny Donahue were extraordinarily focused on their own game and on trying to pull the team together to play better. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I barely remember how we got to the final. Um, I was playing, 
uh, which was again a surprise because I think I started hurling in about 1998 as well. I didn't really play before that. Um, uh, there was a bunch of young guys on the team. Uh, my younger brother, Paddy, was, was a wingbacker, cornerback or something. And I, I, I don't know what age he was. He was 16 or 17 or something. You had uh, uh, Mikey Bull and Anthony Barry and all these young guys who were kind of, nobody knew them. They had success underage, but nobody knew them. And then you had a couple of key players. You had Fergus Brown, who was playing in Coleman's at the time. And Fergus had some good hurling skills and could score. And you had Anthony Nash. Uh, Anthony was in goals. And like Anthony was, uh, was, was very young, but you know, having a goalkeeper of that kind of calibre behind you, um, you know, that's, that's normally one of the failings you have in, in those types of teams is you end up with a fellow in goals and he might have the best of intentions, but you know, all he has to do is make three mistakes in the game and you have three goals to, to, to make up. So, so having someone like that in goals you know, gave you this kind of foundation. But it was it was bizarre because I mean like we were also very dependent I think as a club in hurling on on you know Tim Burke who was an extraordinary servant played hurling in Limerick and in Cork um, and he was the guy up until that point you said you know Kentrock will win if they get the ball into Tim Burke's hand enough because he'll put it over the bar and and whether Tim had been at it a long time and had kind of I think stepped aside more or less uh, either the start of that year or close to the start of the year so as well as kind of you know Kentrock being in transition. I think we had lost our best player, so everybody looking from the outside would say uh, Kentrock is a, a very long shot to, to get to it. Um, but no, you had you had guys like Frank Healy and Durham and other footballers who were very, very strong hurlers. There, there was a good team there, but uh, yeah, between the preparation, the league record, it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, by design, let me tell you. And I, honestly, I still remember, I, I, and again, my, my own memory now is perfect, but I can remember having a point in Bantier after the game. I think we were all, we stopped, we stopped, I suppose, everywhere, but we stopped in Bantier first because that's where the game was. And I can remember being in the bar and it was kind of a bit quiet. Everyone was very happy, you know, but it wasn't the shouting and roaring you normally expect after winning a, a, a match. And I think everyone was kind of still trying to figure out, have, have, we, have we just won a Duhalla championship? As, as if kind of, you know, we, we weren't expecting it ourselves. So very good, great experience, but uh, yeah, very, very different story to the football. Yeah, I just like I mean the, the way that he got into that final, maybe from having a bad year, you might have been a bit lucky. You drew the market in the first round, which was probably a kind of a, a good draw. And you're looking then the next game was Castlemaine strong at the time, and so you kind of two games easy in. But then you came up against Kilbrin, who were actually probably favourites for that championship. You beat Kilbrin in the semi final, and then. And he came up against Meaning, who were supposedly in transition, but they still had a lot of fellas who had the Hall of Medals in their back pocket. You, you were 278 points ahead at half time. And it was one thing there that the, the, the note from that, that match report like, mentions their midfielders, Frank Healy and Dave Reardon, were very influential um, as they continued to be throughout the game. Um, Frank had a lot of uh, hurling play at that stage. You had very little hurling play at. So you, you, you had a good kind of partnership there. It must have been working out there on the middle of the field. Yeah, Frank Frank was good with the stick and I was good with my legs. So it was kind of a good partnership in that regard. I'd run around and, and kind of hassle fellas who had the ball. And then when we had the ball, we'd just give it to Frank. Frank was a good, very, very strong hurler and very capable of scoring and delivering good passes. I was, I would say still, uh, I was also in transition. I was learning my trade and I'd say my, my hurling was, was not uh, where it probably should have been at that point. Um, but but I was learning, um, and uh, and it was a good way to learn. But no, no, I was I was more I was probably more midfield for my athletic ability, I'd say, rather than my 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 subtle hurling skills. <laughs> but it's, and yeah. it's just to look at it, look, you mentioned all the young lads that were there, but then Colin Cronin was the captain there for that's right. a lot of hurling played, um, and like you, Jerome, centre forward, 
and you know Edmund de Hearn, who was captain the following year. So you you did a nice blend, but I thought the, the two fellas who were sent, sent out there, Fergus Brown was the was the was the tally's man there, like, and he was the probably the best hurler on the pitch. And Danny Dunno, who was also not honestly coaching the team, but he was corner forward there, like you know. And I think he, I think he got a goal in that final, like you know. But um, so you, you did a nice blend there, like. But the two boys I'd say were very important to you, Danny Dunno, who's there, and, and Fergus Brown. Yeah, yeah, for kind of for different reasons. Like Fergus had a bit of, a, he was cocky and he had a bit of style and flair that you know we hadn't probably seen uh, that he, he picked up with his uh, you know in St Coleman's, I presume. Um, uh, but Danny, like Danny was Danny was um, exceptional and mentally more than anything else because Danny was right, like would drive you on and would do whatever it would take, and Danny would you, you could watch Danny up in the field. Uh, after training, you know, practicing picking the ball off the ground a hundred times. Um, uh, so you know, he, he would, he was, uh, he was obsessed. Like, I, like I was with football now. Danny was obsessed with hurling, and uh, that that kind of filtered through the team as well. You know, that gave you kind of um, he, he pulled a lot of us on with him. And if it wasn't for his, wasn't for hurling ability or skill, it was just raw determination and will to win. Um, and yeah, we 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 had a right mix. We had a good balance. I think looking back on it, but. Again, at the time, if you were looking ahead, you might have said, well, it looks like you've got a bunch of different pieces that don't fit very well together, but it turns out that it worked out. We, we didn't necessarily do ourselves justice afterwards. We went out to the county. I think we were probably still surprised that we were playing a game in the county at all, but um, we were unlucky. I think we met Mahonas or somebody, and we had, I think we had two, we two guys sent off in the first half, as far as I remember, so it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't start well, and we didn't get going, and that, was, that wasn't a great experience. We, but we learned a lot from that, and when we got out the second year, I think we... We had a very different approach, and it was a very different setup. So. Yeah, and I suppose the main thing there, you 33 years old championship, that was gone now, so the, the, the weight was off the shoulders there. And in 2003, you came on, and you beat Fremont in the first round, 214 to 110. Um, yourself and Fergus Brown were midfield at, at that day. Um, you came on uh, against Kilbrin in the semi-final. You were down six points at half-time. And I think Joe Brennan got a goal there. He doubled on it, which changed the game. One eleven to twelve. You were into another the Hall final, two in a row. Um, and you played Fremont, who were I suppose Fremont were the they were the kingpins there in the Hall at the time. They were after winning three or four championships there, but before that they into a county final. And you drew it in one seven to one seven the first day. It must have been a diabolical game, is it? <laughs> I, I, it must be because I've forgotten it completely. I, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know where it was played. Um, I, I barely remember some of those games. Um, I, actually, I don't. I don't remember that we drew it. I thought. I thought it was a single game uh, final. So you caught me there. Oh, you came. You beat. You beat him in the replay, three eight to to seven points. Um, Edmund Hearn was the captain of that team there, but more or less, more or less the same same team there. Um, and you said you kind of approached the the county a bit different. Um, you did. You. Dromina got the better of you in the county, but I think they won the county that year as well. And I suppose even after winning two in a row, and then the invitation came to go up intermediate. Yeah, uh, and I, I think, like you said, we, we, we saw Dromina, we, 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 you know, they were a hard team. It was, again, a, first, a good experience outside for us. They gave us a, they gave us a, a, you know, a, a great match, um, and we saw them go up. And when the opportunity came, we said, you know, the hardest competition to win in Cork is the junior county, um, and if if that's what you're, if you're going to wait for that, you might be waiting forever. Um, so we said we'll take a shot in it, um, and and it was kind of a there was probably some debate, um, I think, uh, because again there was still a lot of focus on football, and it was clear this would start to create a bit of 
a bit of a, a rebalancing of that. But it was definitely the right decision. Um, and it, it definitely pushed things on a little bit because you're immediately playing better teams. And I think we went up the next year and we were, you know, you're playing teams like, uh, we played Blackrock second team. Um, you know, you're, you're playing fairly serious hurling clubs with really serious histories. Um, and again, we, we were... We were probably we had some fellas who were probably transitioning out of the team, but you were really starting to introduce the new guys, and 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 again the younger players who played in the Hello finals were were getting better and better. So it it that was something I think that really that's probably what woke up the club. I think is getting up to intermediate in hurling because that opens your eyes to what it's like outside of the division and and what you can do, and you learn that it's you know it's not that different. Uh, you know if you if you once you're playing at that level uh, with the right setup, you can you can generally compete. Yeah, and it was like it doesn't happen to everybody, but it was a nice way for a lot of the older brigade there in 2002 and 2003 to get at the hollow metal. I mean, their fellows were playing since the 80s, and at the same time, you had the young lads that need, they, they got a great start to their career, so they were able to. Then there's still a lot of them playing, like I mean, there's some of them playing there, to, and um, I suppose it just happened at the right time it came together, and um, the rest is history with regards to Cantor hurling, obviously. Um, but you played intermediate hurling there for for a good few years after that, Dave. Like, I I did. I I I um yeah, and I I enjoyed it tremendously. In fact, I'd say you know uh, probably I was a little bit um, uh, saturated with football for a while, and hurling was a great change. And you know, you'd always go out and feel this is this is different, and it feels good, and you enjoy you kind of enjoy running around again after after you know uh, playing football for 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 with intensity for a while. Um, it, it, yeah, it was it, it was um. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it there. I think I, I was, you know, I was never going to be the, the linchpin of the team or anything like that. I was learning my trade as I went along. Um, but actually, as I, when I left eventually, in, 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 when I moved over to the US, that's probably when I started playing more hurling than ever um, and started enjoying it even more. But like you can see what Kentrock have done since then, and it's it, it more than I ever would have dreamed possible now um, for the team to have been in, to have the successes they had back in back in 2017. But uh, I, it, it's yeah, it, it's opened my eyes that that's possible, and it's possible for any club. Uh, you need a little bit of luck. You need a few players, but with the right setup and the right approach, you can you can achieve unbelievable things. And um, yeah, and uh, it was like you mentioned there, taking that step up to intermediate. It's actually not as daunting as, as it sounds at all. Uh, once you get up there, you know you realise that Jesus, we're actually we're more than capable here. Um, yeah, you you'll see that when the junior teams go up to intermediate, they're they're better than a lot of the teams that are in that grade. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, it was Dave. Your your hurling career was very successful. You you there two the hollow medals in your back pocket, but the, like you would be renowned really as as probably more of a footballer. And I suppose we're going to go back to nineteen ninety seven. Your first full year with, with Kenturk um, Juniors, you were on the team. You no, know, you were established um, and a very very competitive the hollow championship. Um, you were midfield, I think, with Kieran Fitz. Um, Jerome was centre forward, I think, and uh, Padraig Kearns was full back. But there used to be a bit of rejigging, and you just move around between yourselves. I think, um, or you'd be shoved back there one day, and you could be up in the forwards the next day. But you, you played John Tariff in the semi final at the Hollow Championship. You actually got the equalising point to draw that match the first day, and you came on and you won the replay um, against strong John Tariff team, and you were into your. Very young now, and you're into your first the hollow final, 1997, and you're playing Kish Game, who were really the kingpins in the in the division at the time. So you were you were midfield with Kieran, and um, uh, you had Eamon Mahoney, I think, and Tony Scannell for Kish Game, who were two absolutely 
more than established individual in the field. So can you tell us a bit about that experience? Uh, Jesus, uh, there's a lot in that now. Um, uh, yes, it was like the, the, the 97 was an unusual year as well. Am- Ambrose O'Donovan, I think, was our coach from Kerry. And so he, 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 that's the reason uh, Kieran Fitz was midfield, because Kieran was a goalkeeper, of course, that most people will remember. Um, but I, 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 I think what happened some, some, some point during the year, uh, things weren't going great at a, a challenge game, and I was probably playing wing back or something. And Ambrose, not owing anybody any uh, excuses or apologies, would do whatever he wanted, decided, well, you go midfield. So I went midfield. And there was a, there was a, there was a point in time where at half time things were going so bad, he told Kieran Fitz to take off his jersey. And he gave him an outfield jersey and said, go up there now and play midfield. And he did fine. Uh, he, I think he was using his out half skills from the rugby club uh, more than he was using his goalkeeping skills. But he, he and, and that stuck. So like that, if at the start of the year, if you said those two guys are going to be centre field in the Hello final, again, you, you would have got fairly long odds in that. Um, but yeah, the, the, we, we, we had a we had a good build up to the Kish game game. We and, and, and you know we had played them in in big games and we knew how tough they were. Um, and there was you know you're going up against the the, the Morrises and the Jimmy Dennehys and the Richard Dennehys and. You know all of these extraordinary players who have this history with Duhallo and have, you know this great pedigree, um, and then you have the as you said the, the Bugsy Mahoney and uh, and and Tony Scannell and you know the established is one word uh, you, you could use to describe them. I have other words I would use to describe them. Uh, they're very 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 uh, robust uh, specimens, both of them. Uh, but but you know their 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 Kish game were a, a super team. A super team, and uh, but I think you know we 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 gave them as good as we got, and I think it was a kick of a ball the first day that had a kind of different way. You know, it might have we might have closed it out that day, and and maybe never talked about it again. But uh, yeah, I think um, on the second day they were that little bit better than us. Uh, they pulled away. That was hugely disappointing. I mean, as I, I talked to you at the start about this pressure, you could you could feel it, the the, the pressure um, uh, in Kentucky to win a championship after being after you know for so long. Was was enormous, and the disappointment was enormous, um, and you know that 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 fed a lot of the drive in the club for many years afterwards. But uh, yeah, it wasn't to be. It was it was ninety seven. Was unfortunately was was the start of a, a series of kind of disappointments. Uh, it took it took much. It took whatever twelve years before we actually managed to finally finally break through. But yeah, like um, the the final that he'd won before it was nineteen sixty two. Like so, you're talking in age, and like that first day actually two six to one nine. Um, you, you actually came. You were down two six to five points, and you brought back Tim Healy. Got a goal, and he equalised at the end to get a, a point to an equaliser. But like you, you had him on the ropes, and it was the second day. They had just had the experience, and they had two thirteen to two six. They they'd been there and done that, and it probably just yeah. made a bit of a difference the second day. But um, it was you mentioned ninety eight, ninety nine, uh, ninety eight. Every team in the division was in was in junior, you know, there was no intermediate team. So we're talking extremely competitive championships. So um the market won it in ninety eight, the, the county, but you were back in the final in two thousand and you were playing Kish game again. And you were actually captain that year. Um so I suppose that was a big day for you personally, like but um what you recall about it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I remember I remember bits about it. Uh, I remember Tom Welsh actually calling to the house that morning. I'd say Tom was making sure that I wasn't, you know, climbing the walls uh, the morning of the game. Uh, uh, we had a bit of a chat for a while, and then I can remember the game. It was in Dr. Green as far as I can remember. And uh, yeah, it was it was a 
you know, I, I, at the time, I, I, I can remember feeling disappointed. I don't think we kind of got going. I don't feel personally like I got going. Um, uh, you know, so I can remember being disappointed with the performance overall. Uh, and, you know, there was, it was, it, you know, after another hard year uh, or hard two or three years of grind and, you know, getting to a final, that, that definitely, that's where you're starting to talk about how many years has it been, that's how, you know, how many years now since we've won one. So that was a feature in the back of the mind. Um, I think it was the first time I probably captained the team and, and that to me was a good experience. And I think, you know, I did learn a lot at the end about, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we lost and we were beaten. And I think you know, I probably learned how to handle that better that year uh, because I felt like I was I had a responsibility to handle it better. And I can remember at the end of the at the end of the game, you know, saying a few words in the dressing room afterwards, and uh, about you know it wasn't necessarily winning isn't exactly everything. Obviously, it's very important to us, but you know we had a good year and we enjoyed ourselves. And I think uh, you know the, the, the captain experience was was good for me because losing was something I didn't handle that well necessarily. Uh, before that, and probably didn't handle super well afterwards, but it, I, I was starting to learn a little bit more about how, how much how much value you can get out of out of just playing and and you know uh, uh, and, and other things. So, um, but it was a disappointment, and it was always going to be okay. What did we do next year? And that would that that was never going to go away until we until we got the breakthrough. So, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, tough. Yeah, and it sounds like you know Ken Truck made five finals in that. We'll say since 1962, I was extremely familiar with this group of players from Kentuck because we had played them in minor under 21 all the way up along and like you had three Cork under 21s an unbelievable uh, array of talent coming through the club there like and um, 2009 was a huge year I think for Kentuck could you see what was coming down the tracks? Um, I think uh, that's a good question I don't think so. I, I'll be honest. I think that at that stage, after ten or twelve years of of kind of disappointment uh, and probably trying different things and seeing different things, I, I wasn't sure what the recipe was. Clearly, you know, you had guys coming up that were different, and and yeah, maybe they'll make the difference. But we'd been disappointed so many times before. I, I don't know if we, we kind of dare to hope. Um, and to be honest, sometimes that might be the best way because I, I do feel like that that pressure itself was unhealthy and probably caused us to become overly defensive and overly conservative in our approach. Um, and uh, maybe the fact that we didn't feel you know as 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 much pressure, we kind of said, well, whatever it is, it is. That might have given us a little bit more freedom. But yeah, the, the, you know, it, it was clear when 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 the likes of Aiden and and the Midlocklands uh, started coming out. They were clearly different. They were they they had something uh, outside of being very very good players. They had this experience uh, outside of the club, and they were confident, and they didn't care who they were playing, and they didn't care what club you were from, and they it just didn't matter to them in the way it probably mattered to older guys like me who had been you know Jesus Kish game, I'm sick of playing Kish game, and you know uh, the, the clubs that you have a, a history with. They didn't see that. They didn't suffer that. They didn't care about it, and that that helped that helped a lot. But yeah, it, it is it is for me a sad thing. Like you had uh, you had so many good players in Kentuck over over that period of time, 
that never never got a medal, never got a, a football medal that, that deserved it. So many fantastic players that had given huge service and just timing wasn't right for them and it didn't it didn't happen. And and I, I was lucky that I was able to kind of hang on for long enough. And that's all yeah. I did was hang on, to be honest. And I, I myself in... I suppose it just looking there, Dave, like the, the interesting thing, Padraig Kearns, Tom Walsh and Cahill Cronin were your backroom team. They yeah. were the ones who were in charge, you like. Yeah, uh, I played with all of them. Uh, I played football, football and probably a little bit of hurling with all of them at the start. Uh, Tom was currently, Tom was at the, at the tail end of his career. Uh, Cahill was, Cahill had a few years when I, when I came on the scene and Padraig and myself were, were a similar age. Um, but yeah, uh, a, 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 a very, a very good backroom team. Um, very kind of, uh, very strong opinions, but they were very focused and they, they did a lot for us. Um, yeah, Padraig was probably a surprise. I'd say that was one of Padraig's first management jobs, but he's 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 turned out to be a, a, an excellent manager of teams and people. Um, and I think we could see that that year. He he has this extraordinary ability to to kind of understand what individual players need and what the collective team needs. And if you need a kick in the ass, or if you need a, a bit of a you know. If you need a shoulder to cry on, or if you need a, whatever you need, he, he he can spot it, and he, if he can't fix it himself, he can find someone who can. So, uh, I, I think he was able to get that group of players to gel very very well in two thousand and nine, and that was probably yeah. one of the reasons we were successful. Yeah, and looking at your championship there, you beat uh, knocked the green the first round one nineteen to one eight. Uh, the second round, in you lost to Rock Chapel thirteen points to eight. Comprehensive enough football, five points. Um, Third round in, you beat Mill Street by a point, 11 points to 1-7, very, very tight game. And you beat yeah. Tariff in the semi-final, 8 points to 6. And you were back in the final and you were playing the Rock again. So, um, like, you had a very, very bad day, it was, in the second round against them. But um, you facing into this final, was there was there pressure there? Or was it a case of, your green knows the underdogs, you know, this might stand to us a bit? Uh, huge pressure. I, I actually, as I think back now, 2009 is when I broke my ankle, so I'm pretty sure I missed that game. So I think I was claiming around town that I hadn't lost the championship game all year. But uh, but that was that was only a joke, to be honest. There was huge pressure because uh, again, the Rock is one of those clubs that we had a history with and had you know we had lots of battles with over the years. And you know when it comes to a final, you know anything can happen. So uh, that 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 final to me was was the one that um, if we had lost that one, uh, you know it would have been. It, just would have been completely crushing, um, but it wasn't. We, we did not go into that game expecting to win or thinking we were going to win. We did not go in too confident. We were very determined to win. But um, yeah, it, it was probably um, yeah it, that that single game. That, that's the for me. That's the absolute highlight of my career. That that feeling after after winning that game, that final whistle. Uh, there, there's there's no way to describe it. That was that was better than any All Ireland final. It was better than anything else I've ever done. Uh, in my football career and it was a combination of you know genuine joy over winning something and uh, relief that this thing is gone and uh, maybe it was more relief than joy so that was a special that was a special that was a special game for me yeah and like I, I, an unbelievable uh, day for anybody from Kentork because it was 47 years the famine was over so you, you were after being part now of two teams that had ended that any of that nonsense was gone um, and like you beat them comprehensive in that final one twelve to to one six, um, you know, and I did, like I suppose John Healy was the captain that day, um, full back. But like you, you the fellas that have played a lot of football there, Brian O'Connell, like Donna Duan, um, you know, David McCarthy, Willie Murphy, you, but then you had the likes of John McLaughlin and and Larkin and Aidan Mulch, right? So you, you're Nash, I think, got three points or something that day. But like there was. There was a good team there, and it actually set up a great time for the club because he made three all the finals in a row. Um, 2010, 
you were you were well, 2009 Ballycarven beat you after replaying the county. It was yeah disappointment. Yeah. Or would you say that was something that kind of was upsetting towards the end of the year? Uh, I I I I'd say yes. We were disappointed again. I must have had a bad year in 2009 because I think I broke my thumb in that game. Uh, awesome. We I think we we drew. I think we drew and then we lost the replay. I'm trying to remember now. But yeah. um. But they, they, you know, we were very, very happy to have the Duhalo piece off our back. But yes, you, you know, there was an appetite for more. Um, so it was a disappointment. But I think it maybe, in a way, it, it really galvanised us to make sure we didn't miss that opportunity again if we got it. And unfortunately, we didn't get it in 2010 because Liar, Liar picked us, uh, and that was that was something that I think we didn't expect genuinely. And Liar deserved that game, and they did. They were they were a very, very strong team now. But but I think when we got through to in 2011. Um, I think that experience in a nine that stood to us because I, I, I think we realised how precious these opportunities are and, and that was not going to be taken away easily from us again so uh, disappointing but it served us well in the future Yeah to, like 2010 obviously Lawyer's year and a historic one for them their first championship and it was yeah. I know I don't want to be losing to anyone but you couldn't begrudge them but 2011 you were back and you wanted to be um, you were back. I suppose you beat Knockdegree eleven points to six in the semi-final, comprehensive enough. And you were meeting the Rock again. Um, a shocking day down in Drum Tariff. Uh, yeah. I don't think it stopped raining. There was um, thunder showers and there was a bit of thunder on the pitch as well. I think at the time, um, uh, kind of a tough, um, a tough match, a physical game. Uh, you got the better of them. 111 to 16 in the end, but it was level at half time, seven points to 1 4. Um, this was more a war of attrition than a game of football. Uh, yeah, um, uh, and at this stage, I was in my career, honestly, that might have suited me better. Uh, I, I always enjoyed playing kind of in wet conditions, so I, I had no problem with, with the conditions. They suited me fine, um, and it slowed the game down a little bit, which again probably suited me. But no, we, we, were, we were very determined uh, in that year. We had like. It's stung. It's still stung that we lost the liar. I, I don't begrudge them for a second, but I think we felt like that was when we let slip away. Um, so we had the confidence from 2009. We had the, the loss in 2010, and I think I, I felt I felt in 2011 very determined and confident myself. And I think the team felt that way that we were going to come out of Trump uh, Harrow with with that uh, with that cup, and and we were going to we were going to do more. Um, we were going to make up for what we had missed out in 2009. Um, but yeah, it, it was a tough game. Had you targeted the county? No, I, I, I don't think we had said no. We're, we're going to do the county. We were definitely not taking Rock Chapel for granted. Um, but I, I, you know, but I would say the second after we won the game, I think we our eyes were turning to that. We were saying, right, this is we, we're going to have a good night now. But you know, we know what's next, and we're we're uh, and we're getting ready for it. So no, we were we were um, we didn't take them for granted at all because you, you could never take Rock Chapel for granted. Um, the Hollow Championship was a very strong championship too. Like there was a lot of very good teams in it at the time, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, uh, Bally were very good at the time. Yeah, there was a lot of strong teams there. And it was a Nathan Walsh goal there in the fifty-first minute. I think he punched it in a long ball, and um, it kind of just smothered the daylight between the teams. And I suppose that started um, the county section. Then, and you played, you beat Glenbower Rovers in the quarterfinal. Bandon in the semi-final, and you were playing Mitchellstone in um, in the final. I think above in Parky Ring, um, a huge occasion for the club, and it was a huge occasion for you, Dave. After all those years, you playing in the county final for your club. Like, I mean, this is the ultimate. Um, so, do you remember going to that game? 
Absolutely, that, that was that was massive. Uh, like, and for for me, kind of at that stage in my life, that this was November two thousand eleven, and at, I, I knew at that stage I'd be leaving. Uh, you know, because of my job on the first of January uh, two thousand twelve. So the, literally in in a matter of weeks, I was going to be leaving, and I, I knew that was probably going to be the end of my career, or at least uh, at least for a couple of years and probably forever. So I was aware that this was this was the end, or at least the end was approaching. So that made it very. That, you know, it, for me, it was very clear. It's this is this is the last shot at something like this, um, and I think you know the banding game was super tough. That game was that that was uh, I remember being a very very physical, very close, very intense game that we scraped by on, um, and I think that was that 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 served us well. But you know, we were very well prepared physically, very well prepared mentally for Mitchellstone. And it was one of those nights we just like the, the football just flowed like you know like it sometimes does and and we, we played them off the field to be honest um, uh, on all corners of the field it was it was a, it was a, it was a great night and from a football perspective for us but but yeah that was a, that was that was special for me uh, yeah and what, like one twenty to four points I must I'd say must be one of the biggest um, score lines differences in a, in a county final of all time um, an unbelievable performance and I suppose. Like an unbelievable occasion in Kentuck after that. The only thing that was a small bit of an issue, you had to go and play the Munster semi final two days, 48 hours later. Less than 48 hours, I think it was close to 36. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a Friday night we played in Park Earring, and then on Sunday morning we had to go and play drum with Pierce's. And uh, the, like the 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 cork the corkness is going to come out, we know. But those the, the Kerry guys have every trick, and they brought us back to the worst field you ever saw in Kerry. There was a gale force wind coming off the Atlantic. There was a hill on the field; you wouldn't put a sheep out into it, and uh, and the fit pitch was in desperate condition. And you know, we were kind of exhausted, uh, you know, because we'd only played a day and a half beforehand. Um, but we still were we were actually on top, and I think they got back into it and managed to draw the game, and they pulled away in an extra time. But um, yeah, that that was disappointing. But uh, you know, uh, I, I, again, I think probably we were we were, you know, we we, we maybe realised it was probably too much to ask for us to come and do that again. So we, it wasn't unreasonable. Um, and I'll be honest, which I like that probably the celebrations were fairly muted on the Friday night because we knew we had a game Sunday morning. So uh, losing on Sunday was when things kicked off altogether. So we did a, we had a good old. We had a good old week after that. That's why that was enjoyable, and it was great. I mean, a county championship is something that doesn't come around very often for a team. So we we absolutely made the most of it, and we we, we spent a lot of time together and, and visiting various people around the town. So that was highly enjoyable afterwards. Yeah, and well deserved. And um, like it was, Dave, that brought that brought her close in um, an unbelievable career. I mean, when you look at just look back and you say you've four dollar medals and you have a county county medal in your back pocket for your club, you have a Munster and All Ireland medal with Cork at junior football. Like that's a, a nice haul and some people don't win anything in their careers. So uh, you said you knew you were finishing up that year, you were going you were leaving uh Kentork and um I you got a presentation there from the Kentork Club there at the, the Victory Social, I think, just before you left, you know, and um, I think, you know, I suppose it must have been a very nice way to cap the whole thing off. I, I, I like I, I, like I said, Rob, I've been, I've been extraordinarily lucky, especially timing-wise, with my entire career. I got, I got a good start, and I got a lot of, you know, help and advice and coaching at the start through the teams I was involved with that had success. And then at the end, I managed to finish with, you know, at, at, at absolutely at the, at exactly the right time. Um, 
I, I absolutely wouldn't have been able to play afterwards. Like the body was breaking down now, and it was going to be. It was very difficult for me, even in eleven, to be training. Uh, I couldn't train two nights in a row, and you know all kinds of other stuff that were that were causing problems. So it was at the it was the end, regardless of where I was going. So to to time it just so that uh, you know we were able to pull a county out of the bag was 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 very very special and and, and extraordinarily lucky. And as I said, it's it's down to a lot of other players, uh, you know, that that have have gone on to do even more extraordinary things since. So I, I was just fortunate to be there uh, when when I was there. Yeah, I know it was a brilliant. It was the fairy tale ending, you know, and um, absolutely perfect finish to, to your career. A finish in in Ireland, but you're still actually playing over in America. So you went over to Indianapolis. And you you straight away you had success. You had a you had a hurling championship in 2012. You had a premier hurling championship in 2013. You had a junior A championship in 2015, and a football championship in 2015. So. Um, could you just tell us a small bit about that moving to America there and, and getting set up over? Like, how, how, how did that come about? Uh, so the, the move was related to work. I worked for a company that had a, is headquartered over there. So that they, they, you know, they moved me from Ireland over there for a couple of years initially, and it's just got it kind of extended. But uh, it, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was interesting. It's a nice place to live. It's a nice place to be. It's not a, not an Irish city the way you think Chicago, New York, and Boston are Irish cities. So the last thing you expect to see on a Sunday morning is 200 Americans poking around on a, on a, on a field. Um, but that's what's there. Um, it's it's a, a very strange story, but a good story. Like there's a, there's a very healthy GAA club there that was started by a, an American who visited Ireland and it had just grown over time. And it was, it, you know, it, it was a, they did play a, a mixed uh, men and women in all ages on a Sunday morning. They'd play an old pub league of nine or ten teams. Um, and then they'd put forward teams into kind of the national competition. So when I got over, I got involved with them. And um, it's, it's, it's mostly Americans. There's probably four or five Irish people that are involved and everybody else is, is as American as it gets. So they're, they're people who have, you know, they're in their 20s and 30s in some cases and they've never played anything other than baseball or basketball or whatever. Um, and they've seen this thing on YouTube or maybe they've seen it at a festival somewhere and they said, that looks interesting. Let me give it a shot. So what it, what it, what it, what it told me clearly was, you know, we don't necessarily, we have great games and I know we know that, but when you go outside and people who aren't raised in, 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 in that kind of a, an environment say the games are great, you know, you know, it's true. Like they are extraordinary games. They're better than most other games that are out there as a, as a spectacle and as a thing to play in. Um, so that to me was kind of validation of that. And then the other piece that I think is important um, that I have to mention, like uh, the same as uh, the GAA in Ireland, the, the GAA, the club over there, even though it was full of like local uh, Indianapolis people, that's where my community was. That's where my social network was. That's the people I was friendly with and hung around with and my kids played with their kids. And, and you, you do, again, appreciate that whatever is right and wrong about the GAA, it has done an extraordinary job in keeping uh, or in building community in Ireland in the various parishes and getting people together and giving them something to do and something to root for and teaching people how to be good teammates and good leaders. And, you know, uh, that's something that you don't find that everywhere. Uh, you know, you don't find it actually very much in the U S it's a, only in pockets. And it's something that, you know, I, I probably took for granted a little bit when I was at home and probably complained a lot about the GA more than I, more than I probably should have, but it does, it, it, it is an extraordinary organization um, and, and, and continues to be, I think. Uh, so that, that's, that's, I mostly learned about, you know, when, when you step away from something and you look at it from a distance, you can see it from a very different perspective. And I, I started to appreciate that a lot more when I was over in, in India. 
and then I got to play, which was great because I was I, I was like the you know I was the the, the one-eyed man in the in the land of the blind, and that I had uh, several years playing experience, and, and most of these guys were very good, but had you know playing for two or three years, so I was a novelty, and I was immediately able to have make an impression, and I was I was happy to help out and to to play and enjoy their company and enjoy the the competitions. Um, and so yeah, that was it was that was a nice like second phase. Um, it wasn't as intense, obviously, and it was much easier on the body. So I was able to enjoy it, and, and still, I still technically I'm still playing. Um, uh, and the plan is to keep going at that level as long as I can. That's brilliant, and uh, it was you know there's no doubt. I think when you do step back from from it, something and do look at it, you do see the you see all the, the value of it. And I suppose <coughs> before I go into the questions there, Dave, I suppose the last thing I'd say to you is. Like to see the success that Kentork have had now in the last, in particular in the last decade, um, and you're kind of looking at it from afar. Like you must be very proud of the club. Like unbelievable. Um, I I like I I whatever I can. You know, whenever it's on on available, I I you know I watch the games whether it's on YouTube or whether occasionally they're broadcast on TG4 or some of the big ones. But um. You, you do. You look back you, and you look for you look to see if you contributed to that and you like to think in some small way at some point you maybe set a good example that some Philip picked up on and, and maybe copied. Um or you you know, you, you, you gave someone encouragement that maybe helped them along. And I think probably everyone does a little piece of that and, and it feels nice to be part of it. Um I mean it is it is uh, it's an ama- it's an absolutely amazing story, what what they've achieved in the last couple of years especially. And and you know, it speaks to the character of those guys, um, it speaks to the, the, the like the passion and the support and the structure the club has put around them, um, and I, again, it speaks just to the general organisation that you know you can you can develop something this special in a place that had, had such a had such a, a, a tough period because like from from as you said from the from the sixties onwards uh, there wasn't a lot of success in that area, Kinter, and now I think I think they've earned it over that time period, and I think everybody in the town uh, enjoys it and and, and and makes the most. Of it. Yeah, and like I suppose that's one thing I would say from the outside looking in. Um, you know, obviously the sleeping giant story, but it's they're very that group that's there in the last decade are very gracious winners. And you know, when you look in from the outside uh, from a different club, it makes such a difference there just to see they're winning it the right way. You know, and there's none none of this in your face or anything. They're just professional in their setup, and um, you know, I think yeah. they, you you definitely. You, you definitely had a part to play in setting an example and there to a lot of those players because um you 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 had a great career kind of before that like you know so uh, there's credit there to, to to you and the and the club. Um so what we might do there Dave we might have a look through the questions um to finish it off and um start off with one of them you kind of alluded to this I think already what your your highlight the highlight of your career one moment. Uh final whistle in Borway two thousand and nine uh, the Junior football championship final, without a doubt, uh, nothing, nothing will ever top that. Brilliant, a, a huge um, monkey off the back for the club, and it was a great day of relief and, and happiness. Um, so brilliant. Um, your experience of playing with the division, uh, unbelievable. Uh, like be- best experience. Um, like I said, I never won a medal, um, uh, but uh, of all the hours I spent there, I would never trade any of them. Um, it, watching fellas, uh, learning from fellas, you know, making new friends. It was like a second club. Um, and that's something that, like I said, that you, I don't take that for granted. Um, and I still talk to and am friends with many of the guys I met uh, over the course of that, that, that period. So, unbelievable. Uh, I highly recommend it to anybody who's considering it. 
<laughs> Very good. Um, and I suppose, is there a regret there, Dave? Is there any big regret that you're going to have? Yeah, you know, at the time, I probably regretted every game we ever lost. Um, uh, but but with time, you kind of get a little bit, maybe a little bit more mature, a little bit of wisdom. I, I don't. I, I got more, way more out of playing football and hurling than I probably deserved to get. And I, I got more out than I put in. And uh, like any time you get a deal like that, you take it. Um, yeah, if if the the one like the Duhalla team is the one that I regret not having actually come home with a medal on, and I do feel like that that game against Nemo where we were up initially that that to me was one that we really that was a missed chance. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I still wouldn't trade any of the time I spent with the with the teams before or after that. So no no huge regret. Yeah, that's it's nice to, to look back like that. Um, no, this is a difficult one because you've had a lot of managers. But could you pick out one manager there, the, the best manager you played under? Uh, Jesus, no. Um, <laughs> I, I, can I name a few or do I have to pick one? You, you walk it in an awful lot of tro- trouble. You're the furthest away guest we've ever had. That's true, that's true. Uh, well, look, I, I, I will say I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed uh, all the different managers I had. I had some extraordinary, as I said, people managers. Patrick Cairns is an extraordinary people manager. Whatever else they might say about, about Patrick, my friend and neighbour. Uh, excellent, excellent at reading people and, and, and managing people. Um, I, I had a, the, the, the coach I had in, in, in Indianapolis was also extraordinary. Uh, he was actually a guy from Kilkenny who was a senior hurling championship medal with Blackrock in the senior cork hurling medal. He played with them. Uh, Kieran Connery is his name. And again, he's an ex army captain and what, a fantastic technical coach and a fantastic people coach. Uh, the guy who stands out though for the impact he would have had is probably Nate, right? Nate English with Duhalo because Nate was just so different than everything else that you, know, you had to kind of. Um, it took a while to figure him out, uh, but once you kind of figured out Ned, and once you bought into what Ned was selling, uh, I think Ned was was extraordinary. A yeah. real, a real thinker, right? A real, a real kind of strategist, um, and a, a super guy. And we put his heart and soul into it, uh, and and would do anything, would bend over backwards now to to help you out. And he he, I, there was nights now he called to the house and he was advising me on injury, injury um, uh, recovery techniques, and he he had me. Yeah, Ned was Ned was. Ned was uh, special for me, uh, and he had tremendous success. Like he, he, we didn't win anything with Ned with Duhalo, but he, he, I think he played a huge part in building the team that's that's kind of there today. And he obviously had t- tons of success o- outside, so he, he doesn't, you know, he, he's um, he's huge credibility. So not Ned is probably the one I'd have to pick. Yeah, long answer. Sorry. No, no, it's brilliant. His um, commitment to the game is, I'd say, unparalleled. Um, who was your biggest influence? Uh, you know, I, I, we, there wasn't much GA at home. Uh, my, my my dad is from Yall and my mother was from from I. But like there was there, there wasn't a huge amount of playing GA. My father was a big car curling fan. Um, the, the only family connection actually is my 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 father's sister, uh, his younger sister Kelly was for a while was the only person ever to win two All Ireland medals in the same day. She won a, a junior camogie medal with Cork back in seventy three, and then came on and scored a point with the senior the same day. I think someone has done it since then, but like sure, for a long time, she was the one and only person who'd ever done that. And and outside of that, there was really nothing else in my family. Um, so I, I think my biggest influence was probably when I like when I when I started school in 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 secondary school in Clashtrasse, I connected with a couple of guys that were you know just actually through basketball. I remember playing with Padraig, no Padraig Cairns, Cantrone, and Cahill's younger brother, and uh, Eddie O'Sullivan from Castle Magna. And they were all kind of basketball players and, and GA heads as well. And we used to play basketball after school. And I had just, they were teaching me basically, but we connected over that. And then we kind of connected over GA. And I'd say 
you know, their stories and, and they were all actually a little bit more advanced than me. They were playing junior at a much younger age. That was probably a lot of motivation for me and a bit of an inspiration for me. So those are the peers that I would have, um, I would have um, looked up at. Brilliant. Um, was there any one piece of advice I suppose you were given there that uh, would stand out to you? Jerome Walsh told me early in my Duhallo career, never play injured. And uh, it was great advice. I never took it, but it was great advice. Uh, I, wish, I wish I had listened to him uh, because all of the aches and pains I have now probably wouldn't be as bad if I had, but uh, don't play injured. Yeah. I think anyone that's played with me have all made that mistake. Um, the best player you played with? Uh, yeah, uh, if Donica uh, and with with and against, right? I'm I'm kind of putting two things together here now because yeah. um, I, I I I had tons of time playing with him and training with him, and then tons of time playing against him. And uh, again, a, a very very special player, Donica Um And and again, I'm, I'm very glad that he got his he got his All Ireland medal. Uh, it, it probably wasn't enough credit. He probably deserved more, if you ask me. But he was an extraordinary player and a special leader for Duhallo, especially, and obviously a huge asset to, to Valley Desmond. But if I had to pick one now that I did with, I have to pick him through, through, because we we played a lot together, to be honest. So if I if I look over the whole time, he, he's the one who would stand up. Very good. Um, was there a particular player, Dave, there that you kind of admired from another team, or that you kind of, I suppose, tried to shape yourself on? Uh, do you know I was always uh, impressed with Anthony Lynch? Like he's he he seemed to have this huge uh, commitment and drive and passion. Um, I I think we played against him in a schools game way back before he was even a you know a Cork superstar. And I have this abiding memory of of I was soloing a ball forward and uh, I looked up and there was a guy coming at me, but I had time, so I'm going to go and I'm going to kick this now. And I looked down, and the next thing I remember is this kind of bland flash. Uh, across me and the ball gets blocked down I think with his face or something and uh, I, I just I was like he, sh- he shouldn't have been able to get there he was way too far away but uh, I, I was I was bamboozled and I remember watching him going Jesus that's a guy now who he's, he's a serious footballer and he's serious about his football and I think I, that's a, that was an attitude I admired and I looked at it and he, I thought he was a fantastic Cork stalwart that probably again didn't get the rewards he deserved but was a was a super player yeah brilliant um Right, so we're going to look now at the teams there, Dave. I'm going to go with your six players from your hurling team first. Jesus, uh, you're going to make me do this now. Hur- hurling might be hurling might be easier, uh, but it does, I'm, I'm definitely going to annoy somebody or, or leave somebody out. So, like you said, it's a good thing I'm several thousand miles away. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, okay. So, hur- you want to do hurling first? All right. You're the hurling so, first. Right. So, who, goalkeeper. Who, uh, uh, hard to say, Anthony Ash, I suppose. Um, <laughs> just so he doesn't get too much of a big head, I'll see if there's anybody else I could put in there with it. But no, no, Anthony was Anthony by far and away. Uh, the best. Brilliant. Um, fullback. You know, there's a lot of great fullbacks came out of Kent Turk. Um, but I, I, I need to throw, uh, I need to tip my hat here now to my Indianapolis guys again because the guy I mentioned who was our coach, uh, Kieran Connery, he also played fullback for us. Um, and as I said, he, he, was, he has a senior championship medal with Black Rock. He played with them for a few years, uh, played a wing back for them. Um, and was like a typically Kikini Hurler, not Hurler now, was teak tough, fantastic skills and stick work, um, and a, a real leader. So even though, even though there's like fantastic Hurlers that I played with in Kentork over the years, uh, I, I have to give a nod to, to those guys. And, and that man is a, was an exceptional player and still is an exceptional player. Brilliant. 
Um, center back. God, um, it, it's it, it, I, I can't look past Lark on to be honest. Um, um, and you, you know, whether you put him at centre back or centre forward or midfield, you could play anywhere. But he was uh, he, he was extraordinary, and is and, and continues to be extraordinary. Um, um, other, other players, I, I, I was I thought Frank Healy was a great was, was a great player, but he played more in the midfield. Um, if I could, yeah, if I had, if I have to pick someone, if I have to pick someone, I'd pick Lark on. Brilliant. Um, midfield. Can I pick Lock on again? <laughs> is there two of them? Uh, sometimes it looks like there is, but I think that's just a that's just a. a um, uh, midfield. Um, I know I'm going to go with Frank uh, Frank Healy. Uh, like again, you like you said, we were partners for 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 some of the big games, um, and uh, Frank was a, a good footballer, but he was a very very good hurler. Um, and I think Frank was, uh, I, I learned a lot from watching Frank playing with him. Excellent. Centre forward? Uh, a, a footballer, uh, Aidan. Um, I, I, I still remember watching him play under 21 for Cork uh, in the half hour line uh, back in Limerick. And he was, he's something else. He's a huge impact. Um, so he'll have to be somewhere on the team. And I suppose half hour is as good place as any. So yeah, yeah I'd, put, I'd put Aidan in there. Brilliant. And full forward? Um, hmm. Uh, do you know uh, uh, we mentioned Fergus and Denny already um, uh, the, both very very important players for Cantor very important players at those years when, when, we, when we won um, I, I really feel like you know T- Tim Burke had, had carried the team for so long up to that point I think and, and you know hadn't necessarily got anything out of it I would say Tim who was an absolutely classic hurler uh, I would say he was probably probably the best full forward that I would have played with and I, we overlapped for a year or two at most but but no, he was clearly, uh, you know, he was a different class of, of hurler at the time when, uh, when I was playing. So I'd, I'd put Tim Burke in there. So your hurling team, you've Anthony Nash in goals, Kieran Connery fullback, Larkon McLaughlin centre back, Frank Healy midfield, Aidan Walsh centre forward, and Tim Burke full forward. That's a fair lineup. Uh, it is, it is a, well, it, it's crossing a couple of generations as well. So I don't know if all of those guys were ever in, in, in the same a room at the same time. But yeah, um, yeah. Brilliant. No, your football team might be a bit more difficult, Dave, because you've played with so many different teams, different players. Um, but yeah. we'll start it off there. Your goalkeeper. Um, I uh, absolutely huge time for uh, Kevin Murphy uh, in, in Borbury and Sean Murphy from Lyre. Like I played with those guys behind me for a lot for much of my Duhallow career. Massive kickouts, huge men, great, great shot stoppers, great, um, uh, great, you know, uh, playmakers and play watchers. But honestly, it is hard to it is hard to pick anyone other than Jerry. Jerry Pat was just uh, was just different, um, and you know at the time probably when I played with him, he had all this experience under his belt, and he had you know he he learned his trade and he'd won and he'd lost. But he, he could uh, yeah he was he was he was special, and and he helped me so much in my first year at the Hello. Um, I I think I I would say Jerry Pat O'Leary from Bill Street. Brilliant, uh, good start there. Now full back. Uh, with Duhallo, I, um, you know, um, I, I think we we went through a, a large number of, of other you know uh, good cornerbacks in the years. A lot of fellas you know who were, who were much livelier than me. But uh, Pat Gear was always a good handful. Um, uh, John McLaughlin, I think, was a, an, an extraordinary player and an, an extraordinary leader. Um, 
uh, Lachlan O'Neill from Cantrock. Uh, I remember we, when we played in the county final in, in, um, uh, in 2011, I think Lachlan, as a young fellow, was one of the, was one of the fullbacks. He was cornerback or fullback. Uh, like, and all those guys, uh, I, I don't know if I could pick between them, but if you, if you force me to pick one of those guys, I'd probably pick, um, I'd probably pick Lachlan O'Neill. I think as a young player, I think he, was, he, had a, he had a great way about him, very confident. Um, uh, and I think he was, he was, he was, he was, uh, he was special. Yeah, and he's gone on to obviously great things there with Kentork since. Um, Centre back. This is the hardest line always. Um, I I I I don't know. I have like a, I, I was thinking a bit about this now, but like even from '98 with the Aidan Keane, Morris England, um, with with Kentork, you mentioned early Brian O'Connell. Brian was a tremendous servant. Happened to be a doctor, which was also very useful for all the injuries. <laughs> Uh, Jerry Healy from Belly Desmond, uh, exceptional centre back. Um, James Healy from Kentuck, the Hobbit, was was a guy who he, he, we overlap now a little bit, but a, a very clever, intelligent uh, user of a football. Um, but the guy I probably play with the most, who I would say, you know, who sticks in my mind is Dennis O'Brien. I think Dennis, uh, like we were of the same age now when we played together with Johalla for many years, and Dennis always had a way of. Um, of kind of driving the team on, you know, when it needed it the most, he would be a driving force from number six, and he'd be pushing everybody forward. And yeah, he took 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 no nonsense from anybody while he was doing it. So I picked Dennis. Very good, very good. Um, midfield. Uh, I was lucky to play with. I was lucky enough to play with Denny. Uh, you know, for a year or two, I was lucky enough to play with Paul Murphy from Mark Chapel for a year or two uh, with Duhello. Um I, I played midfield with uh, with Kentork with Jerome and I played midfield with his nephew Aidan um, and I watched fellas like Seamus Sullivan like so that's I, I don't know you know it, uh, <laughs> tell me tell me who you think I can, it, it, of, of, in terms of raw talent I, I have to pick Aidan uh, yeah. like just his, his ability but like in terms of Danny quality was something else to watch uh, in action so I, I, in fairness now it's a difficult one but I, I give it to Aidan I cover yeah. Kentork as well that way very good um Centre forward. Um. Oh my God. Uh, do you know who always gave me nightmares? Now was Niall Fleming from Belly Desmond. Um. And and when he played with Duhalla, he was always very effective. But he was a guy with Belly Desmond. I couldn't get my head around whether he was half forward or full forward. So I was very impressed with Niall. Um. I think. Uh, Larkin McLaughlin as a hurler uh, is extraordinary, but he, I, I, I've told him and he, uh, that he's a better footballer. He, if, he, if he'd listened to me, he would have made the Cork football team. So I, I think he's an exceptional uh, half forward as well. Um, of the guys I played with, I would say I'd pick Larkin McLaughlin. Brilliant. And last one, the full forward. Do you know, I, I didn't dip too much into the, the Cork experience, but Pat, uh, uh, Pat Dunley from Kennedy was uh, was on the, the Cork junior team, and he was he was something special now to watch. Um, Pat, uh, he, he had no, he had a number of Cork junior all Ireland medals actually, and I think he had his third one the year I won it. But he was a spectacular, uh, composed, clever forward. Um, but again, you look at you look at the the other guys, Max Sullivan from Newmarket, um, Donica uh, within Cantrop, then Timmy Healy gave such fantastic service and. And was a chief, you know, score provider for many years. But but uh, Donica Donica sends out to me again as a guy that you know he could do it all um, um, from full forward or centre forward. So I, I'd have to pick Donica. Brilliant. So your football line up there: Jerry Pat O'Leary in goals, Larkin O'Neill full back line, Dennis O'Brien there, Dob centre back line, Aidan Walsh midfield, Larkin McLaughlin centre forward, and Donica 
in the full forward line, a very good line-up again there. So I think you have, um, you have two good teams there. Have. I think the footballers will probably win that one. <laughs> yeah, a fair, a fair line-up in fairness. Um, right, so just before we go into the quick fire round, in, like, the game there, has it changed much since your time or what, what stage do you think it's in? Yeah, football looks very different, um, uh, clearly, uh, and I, I, I don't know if I would say that it looks better, but it's definitely very different. Um, uh, I, I think hurling is better. I think the hurling as a spectacle and as a sport that people are playing, the skill level and standard has, has, has increased generally. Uh, so I think hurling has become a, a fantastic um, sport. Uh, football is always going to be kind of, you know, it's always going to, ha- to have to evolve and change. And I think it's, it's evolved, obviously, over the last couple of years with, with short kickouts and, and with tactical defending. Um, and I think they're going to have to keep working and tweaking on that to try to get the right combination of, you know, uh, they're introducing the, the mark rule and all these other things that will hopefully will help it uh, get back to some of the core skills. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think football is, football is challenging. I don't, I don't think I'd be uh, as effective at football now as I would have been in the past. Uh, I think I benefited from the space, that, the natural space that appears, and the ability to kind of, you know, re- read the game and anticipate a bit more. Um, it, it's it, it, there's there's less freedom now, I think, for players to do to do to, to express themselves, and uh, and I think that's probably not a good thing for the game overall. But I, I'm I'm certain we'll we'll come back around again at some stage with some minor rule changes. But I feel like hurling is in a much better place. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, are you still involved in any capacity? Like I said, I, so I'm actually living in Puerto Rico, uh, which is an island several thousand miles away from Indianapolis. But technically, I still play with Indianapolis. So when I get the opportunity, I travel back and I train with them maybe a couple of times a year. And uh, when, whenever there's a, a tournament on or, or the, the, the US National Championships, which is like their big competition, I travel and I play with them. So in the meantime, down here, I try to do my own little bit of wall ball and, and, and I have a couple of kids that I can... Yeah, I, Training them how to use a hurley so they can hit it back to me. So um, <laughs> that's that's I, I'm still I'm still technically playing technically. Very good. And um, what are your interests now, Dave? Have you uh, new interests kind of since you left the GA scene? Uh, no, I mean I'm I'm still trying to stay fit and play as much as I can. I really do enjoy playing, and I, I want to try to sustain that as long as I can. I'll, um, I I have no intention of taking up golf in the near time. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of reading. I work, obviously. Um, I have teenagers now, so I have to learn how to play the Xbox and play Fortnite with the, with the kids on the Xbox. But I'm not very good at it. But yeah, a bit of a mixed bag there, really. But if, if you ask me what I do, I'd say I still, I still play football and hurling in some capacity. Brilliant. Um, so we'll just finish up a quick fire round in, Dave. Uh, your favourite pitch? Duhallo Newmarket, outside Duhallo McCroom. Very good. Two good places to watch matches. Um, favorite position? Uh, wing back. Very good. Um, was there a favorite score you got? There wasn't many. <laughs> so you, I think you mentioned the one. Uh, the, I got the equalizing point uh, against all odds against Tariff in the semi final in '97. I remember it because there was no way it should have gone over the bar. Uh, I was playing terribly the same day and it just went straight. Um, and Ambrose came out to the field and hugged me. Uh, and I'd say if I hadn't scored the point, he was going to come out and he was going to hit me. So uh, that one sticks in my mind as my favourite score. Brilliant. Um, the best score you've seen? It, it sticks in my mind now just because I, I think I had a very good angle of it. But uh, in, the, in one of the games against Nemo in 98, I, I can re- distinctly remember Danny Cullity intercept a, a pass. I don't know who, Shea Fahey or someone was, it was hand passing it and he intercepted it. And kind of with the, the outside of his right boot, or the, the, he, he managed to drill it 
over the bar from from the right hand side of the field and i had i was right behind him i had a perfect view of it and uh, it was just very required a lot of skill uh, to to secure the ball and put it over the bar and it was crucial in the game it was very very tight um, so no, that, that to me was then he wasn't just about fielding ball and and delivering good passes in he was able to he was able to do some of the finer things as well uh, when he needed to. So that, that score stand up. Brilliant. Uh, what's the important skill? Honestly, I, I, and the thing I learned as I moved up the grades, it's really just about the basics, but just being able to do them at full speed. So really do do everything. Picking ball off the ground, catching it, kicking it. You have to do it while you're sprinting. And that's something you everyone can work on on their own. Brilliant. Um, was there a teammate now, a best teammate? This is the one where this is the one that gets you all the messages afterwards, I presume. Um, I, I, uh, it's it very hard to call. I played with so many good fellas. You probably have to go back and, and think about the guys you spent most of the time in the car with. To be honest, because yeah. you know driving up and down to games and stuff. So myself and Padre Kearns would have spent tons of time driving up and down to do Hello Games, um, and so I was obviously he was he was a good teammate and a good friend. Um, he was you know he's also my neighbour, so probably I'll, I'll I'll leave him out on a technicality. I would say John McLaughlin because. Uh, John was kind of coming onto the scene, and I was more established. And uh, maybe maybe John felt he was getting a lot from me um, as we were travelling to the Hollow Games and stuff together. But you know, I, I he as a I was very impressed with John, his motivation, his drive, his energy, his willing to take chances. Um, and I got a lot. I got I learned a lot from John uh, as much as probably maybe he learned from me. And we had a we had a good bit of crack as well as we were driving to games and stuff. So if you ask me to pick one, I'll go with John Madoc. Brilliant. Um... If there, transfer market, if there was a transfer market, who would you go for? Transfer market in what? In football? Yeah. I don't know if I go for anyone. I could, I could sell a few fellas maybe. Um, uh, today? Yeah. You're, uh, um, you're a man from Kerry, the full forward. Is it Clifford? Clifford, yeah. He's, he's something else. Yeah, he's something else. I take him. Pretty good. Um, I suppose looking at the best player in the game at the moment, that kind of maybe ties in with that. Same fella, yeah, yeah. I think he's extraordinary. Very good. Um, Reardon's or the Highland, Dave? I was within, within walking distance of the Highland, so that we left to say the Highland. The next big ambition? Uh, for me personally, I want to keep playing till I'm about 50, and genuinely about till I'm 50 uh, at, at, the, at the level I'm playing at. Uh, I think I need that. Um, I would love to see Doha win a senior football championship, and then I would obviously love to see Cantor be successful. A senior early championship would be something that would be would, would be very special. So if I have I have for myself and I have for both Duhalo and Kentrock, that that's what I'd like to see. Brilliant. And final question: um, Who was your idol? I, um, my, my you know uh, my parents, even though they weren't GA heads necessarily, were, were very supportive and gave me whatever leeway I needed. Um, my wife, who doesn't know I'm doing this, by the way, I haven't told her. But anyway, my wife is uh, was extraordinary. Like at the time when we were in the peak of my football, we were we were raising three kids and building a house and trying to build careers. So I, I, she she allowed me to spend thousands of hours playing football and hurling that probably she didn't have to. <laughs> so in fairness to her, I, I do look back and I'd really appreciate that. But at the time, I mean, I I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not a soccer fan. I'm not a soccer fan at all. Most people who know me will tell you that. But. Like maybe it's just because he's from Cork, but Roy Keane was the guy that I felt like, wow, there's a man now who knows what he wants and knows how he's going to get it. Um, uh, whether it's in the game um, or outside the game, he was always a guy who was trying to make himself better and make other players better. And I think that's something that stuck with me, and that I tried to, I tried to, 
I tried to emulate. Uh, so if I have to pick someone from the sporting arena, I'll have to go with Roy Keane. So, Dave, um, I suppose that brings uh, to conclusion the, the chat. And um, I suppose I just uh, I want to thank you for taking up the invitation. And um, you had like you had a brilliant career. And it was your hurling medals and your football medals. And um, I think most people around the hollow would would remember you on the pitch there. Like, so I'm delighted there. You're our first international guest now on Crossing the Line. Um, so thanks very much for, for, for having the chat there and um, I think it was, it was very enjoyable Oh thank you Rob great to reminisce about it it's great to, to think back about all the games and all the people and uh, I miss everybody at home and I'm, I'm hoping that I'll get to see him soon maybe not this year with all the stuff that's gone on but I'm looking forward to getting back and, and meeting everybody again in the future but this has been a good uh, a good uh, time in the meantime so thank you for the opportunity Thank you for listening to Crossing the Line. Remember, this podcast is sponsored by Dairy and Engineering Services Charleville for all your engineering material supplies. Please check out Crossing the Line on Twitter and continue to like and share all our podcasts. All the best.